number one, every week you want to win. Two, um, you do want to see young players. And unfortunately, or fortunately, we, we've had an opportunity to see a lot of our young players. When you look at our draft choices and, and Trey and uh, obviously Maji Sanders and Cam and, and all those guys that are, that are playing, and they're actually continuing to get better and better, which are, are good signs for us. But at the same time, there are growing pains. And, um, you know, week to week, we, we go through that and we see it. Uh, you know, I think that it, it's not going to change our approach. Our approach is always going to be to win football games, regardless of who's out there on the field. But again, I, I you know, just the way that things have fell this year, it's been unfortunate and disappointing and obviously unacceptable uh, to not only our organization, but to our fan base. That's uh, Cardinals general manager Steve Keim. Uh, the last time he was on with Burns and Gambo, December 2nd. Now, uh, last Friday, he did not join Burns and Gambo, uh, was under the weather. And, right. Uh, so that interview did not happen. And then yesterday we get the news of Steve Keim taking an indefinite uh, leave from the team, health-related. Quentin Harris and Adrian Wilson will step into that role. But the last part of what Steve Kimes said there was very, uh, you know, very much foreshadowing uh, because you know, unacceptable, difficult. Any adjective you want to use, it's it's almost to the point right. of cruelty right now. Everything that the Arizona Cardinals as an organization have dealt with, right. some of it self-inflicted, mm-hmm. a lot of it self-inflicted. Mm-hmm. Uh, this not. Uh, hope Steve Kime, uh, his, yes. his health gets in order. Hope he gets uh, gets well, uh, can get back to the job. But man, it's just uh, like I said, it's it, it's raining, it's pouring, and the and the Cardinals. Don't seem to have an umbrella. Yeah, look, the timing of this is what sort of implies a level of severity and seriousness to the story that, as I said earlier, kind of commands respect and and sort of directs people to not get too speculative with this. Uh, because anybody part, being part of the Cardinals, you don't want to bail on a team when it's in this kind of position. And and so th- that leads me to believe that that we all need to kind of just wait and, and offer our best to Steve yes. Kime. The indefinite a part of his leave of absence uh, means now that somebody else is going to have to run the day-to-day business of, of running a football team, of being the general manager. And and as I said earlier, Quentin Harris is a guy that's sort of been groomed for this for a while. He's kind of in the steam, Steve Kime mold of a guy that has worked his way up from ground up. I've gotten to know him a little bit. He's very, very intelligent and he's very driven and he's a former player. And, and, and so I think he's very capable. And Adrian Wilson is, you know, he's part of the circle of trust in, in the Bidwell family. And so I think that together they can keep this thing going. But what it means in the long term is really anybody's guess right now. Um, I I do think it's a reminder, um, whatever it is, the health related reasons kind of speak at at bare minimum to the stress that accompanies a football team having a season like the one the Cardinals are having. People have pointed out how Cliff Kingsbury is beginning to wear it on on his face and in his body language and and you can only imagine the kind of stress it must be trying to turn a team around while simultaneously dealing with all of this stuff that has happened, mm-hmm. you know? So when you start talking about internal disruptions you had a running backs coach who was with the team and then one day he wasn't 
because he was turning himself into authorities in Indiana for uh, a domestic abuse incident. And, and then you had the Sean Coogler incident, which had to be incredibly jarring, happening on foreign soil as part of a Goodwill Ambassador Tour football game. And then, you know, the Eno Benjamin thing, there's been there's been no bigger advocate of Eno Benjamin than Cliff Kingsbury. And then suddenly something happens with Eno where he's got to be gone immediately. So you've had a couple of guys on this team that were integral parts of this team who had to be gone immediately. Yeah. That's unheard of. And so you think about the, the accumulation of stress and, and how it must devour you. Uh, it, it, I'm sure that's it's something we probably don't pay enough attention to as football fans because we want winning teams and, and we don't want excuses. Yeah, these, these are high-profile jobs, and they pay a lot of money, and they bring a lot of fame. But if, if things go south, they'll chew you up. And and I think That's a this, is, this is kind of what's happening here in front of our very eyes. Yeah, but the lasting effects of all of this, and when you put all of these things mm-hmm. in, into this into this big stew, if you will, uh, it's been so bad, so disappointing, so off of what the Cardinals had expected for themselves. I'm not saying everybody expected them to be good this year. I think the Cardinals expected to be good coming off an 11-win season, especially the way they handled the offseason, kind of displayed that confidence. But if yeah, Michael Bidwell's got to be considering right now, it, it, because this, to me, seems like the type of year that's been so bad that sweeping changes are made. I mean, the last time sweeping changes were right. made, uh, when, when a front office was involved, it was bad. The 2012 season was yeah. a bad football season right. with very little hope, and that's when Steve Kime was elevated to the general man- manager position. And it all stems, not all of it, but the punctuation mark on all of it was losing by 58 points to mm-hmm. a division rival on the road. That's about as embarrassing as it gets. Well, uh, yes. And, and this this year's been close to that. It, it has. hasn't been those blowouts that have that have been completely one-sided, but you cited it too, 5-14 and 14 in their last 19 games going back to last year. Most of those, the majority of those losses have been by double digits. Yeah. Um, it, it really should. It should be making Michael Bidwell think. Yeah. Listen, and, and I've been saying for some time now that a, that a complete overhaul is necessary. Ken Summers, uh, my former colleague at mm-hmm. AZ Central, just wrote this yesterday yes. that, that he believes Steve Kahn and Cliff Kingsbury need to be replaced. And he points out that that half of those losses during that stretch were by 10 or more points. So you've got a you've got an offense that really um, doesn't seem to be NFL caliber and is being preyed upon on a weekly basis. You don't have much of a foundation. You don't really have a healthy base of homegrown talent. It, it, it really is screaming for a big time overhaul. And as Ken pointed out, and he's right on the money about this, this is not one of those years the owner can write off and sell to his fan bases. You know, it just stuff just it came at us and we just had we were just bowled over by it. You can't you can't pawn this off as one of those random rogue awful years because they're five and fourteen in their last nineteen games. Games, and we've had a couple of late season collapses. We've had recurring issues of accountability. Keep in mind, this team went out and brought in veteran leaders because after their first collapse down the stretch, they determined they needed more in-house leaders. Mm-hmm. So they brought in J.J. Watt. Happened again last year. Another second half collapse. So th- their attempts at fixing this issue it, it hasn't worked. They they haven't fixed this issue. And Cliff Kingsbury's postgame speech that was featured on Hard Knocks last night. Yeah. Check this out. I'll be the first one to say I made some calls. All right? But the basic that we know how to do, it means a lot in these games. 
It's hard to overcome, and it continues to happen. It's getting it right in practice and holding each other accountable. All right, I treat you like men. That's how it's going to be. That may be a fault of mine, but I'm going to treat you like men. So we got to hold each other accountable somehow the last month because we're better than that. Everybody understand that? Like, that's it. We're better than that. And that's all I want to see for this group. So last month, play your best football. Because I love being around you guys. I love coming to work every day with you. You practice hard. You fight your ass off for each other. But we have to do it right because we're giving away. Y'all get a break. Yeah. Uh, it- and I'm not blaming Cliff Kingsbury for the tone of that speech, but the tone was desperation. Oh, like, yeah. And, oh, yeah. You know, he can say it and he can believe it that we're better than that. And, and there's reason to believe that they're better than that. But, but they're not. 13 games in, they're not they're better not. than that. That's, that's, that, and I'm glad you seized it because that is the, that is the elemental truth involved in that. They're not better than that. They that's, keep proving they're not better than that. And that's like the weekly thing. We haven't played our best football yet. Yeah. And, well, you're not going to at this point. Well, not and at this again, point, there's the, no hope left. And again, the idea of these players holding themselves accountable. It's not they. It's not happening, and it hasn't been happening. And it's three years running now, and so it's. You heard the desperation in Buda Baker's voice in the first ish, first edition of Hard Knocks. You just heard it in Cliff Kingsbury's voice as well. Um, it's it's the soundtrack of a team that is coming to an end. And let's remember too, Buda Baker's speech that was featured in the first episode of Hard Knocks was from way early in the season. Way early, the Philly game. Yeah, when they lost way at home early. to Philly. So that desperation uh, that was evident never really kicked in right. on, on a team-wide basis, right. unfortunately. What a football season. The 2022 college football playoff semifinal is coming to State Farm Stadium on December 31st, featuring number 2 Michigan and number 3 TCU as they square off for the first time ever in the Verbo Fiesta Bowl. Head to the contest page now at ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win a pair of tickets. Coming up next, Suns should get Devin Booker back tonight in L.A., when will we see the Chris Paul of old? That is a big question in Sunsland these days. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Akchin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Dan Bickley and Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Um, I'm, I'm not concerned. There's just four games. Um, it's after being out for 15 games. You know, I, we expected him to have some some ups and downs, and he's had those. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty confident tomorrow in L.A. Um, he'll be ready. He'll be locked in, and, and, and he'll be playing well. That's James Jones, the president of basketball operations of the Phoenix Suns, on with Burns and Gambo yesterday commenting when I asked about uh, the recent play of Chris Paul since he's been back for the uh, Phoenix Suns. He's played four games, as you heard James Jones say there. Uh, Chris Paul's averaged 12.5 points. He's shooting 36% from the floor during that stretch, uh, 33% from three-point range, uh, averaging 3.5 turnovers per game. And we've been having the Chris Paul discussion basically since last year's playoffs. Mm -hmm. He closed out the New Orleans Pelicans series in historic fashion 14 for 14 one of the all-time great playoff uh, performances in an elimination game Uh, and since then Chris Paul has not looked like the same player we don't need to go back to last year and rehash the Dallas series what happened there and whether you know we know that COVID was was reported at that point a lot of people believe that Chris Paul was playing ill uh, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is 2022-2023. This is a different season. Um, Chris Paul, obviously up there in years, 37 years of age. And let's just go by the eyeball test. It doesn't look the same, and I know it wasn't supposed to look the same. They wanted to take some of the responsibility off of Chris Paul's plate, but overall, 
What would you say about the results of this experiment weighed against what you've seen from Chris Paul this year? Yeah, I would say that I'm I'm a little bit alarmed about where this thing is going. He just he looks like it looks like there's some age on him now, and and I you can't help but notice that when you watch the Phoenix Suns. I don't have the stats in front of me, but somebody said the amount of times that he gets into the paint with the basketball, those numbers have plummeted compared to what his normal usage is, meaning he's a guy that would penetrate at least a little bit, which would soften up a defense. We don't see a lot of that probing, getting to the to the right of corner elbow, um, and making that mid-range jump shot like it's automatic. You don't see that as much as you used to. Um, so I, to me... What I'm hoping for, Vinny, is I've been watching his demeanor and it doesn't look like he he doesn't look like he's a a former superstar in a state of panic over declining skills. Sometimes you see that when guys don't have it all the time, aging legends, Uh and and you can kind of see the desperation. I don't necessarily see that with Chris Paul. So I'm just I'm going to continue to hope that there is a long game in play here that is sort of kind of guiding all. All of this. Yeah, James Jones also was asked, hey, how, how long do you think it does take Chris Paul to get back to his old ways? I mean, I, I think the way the season goes right now, you play every other day. I'm, I'm expecting it's probably going to take you 10 to 14 days to really get back into a rhythm. So if, if I, I wouldn't be surprised if it takes him six, six to eight games to really find his footing and his condition. Over the past three seasons since the Suns acquired Chris Paul, there's been that talk of, you know, watching his minutes, limiting his load, pacing Chris Paul. And mm-hmm. one of the things that Chris Paul has been lauded for, and I believe this to a large degree, is he paces himself during the course of basketball games. He's one of the most intelligent players that's ever played the game in terms of basketball IQ and how that relates to him personally. Mm-hmm. He does a tremendous job of it. This very well could be, and I'm just throwing out all the possibilities. I know people are going to point to it and say, oh, he's old, he's hit the wall, he's done, he's finished, he's washed, whatever term you want to use. Mm-hmm. This just, You mentioned it, long play. This could be a Chris Paul long play. I, I hope. I, and, and a James Jones long play. Yes. Uh, that's that's what I'm hoping because this is, when when you dial back to last year, uh, when, you, when you go from the New Orleans series backwards, Chris Paul, there were times last year, regular season, when he had all the juice and all the sizzle that he's ever had. And it, it's MVP it, candidate. He was an MVP candidate. And listen, I was in that building in New Orleans that night that he closed out that series against the Pelicans. And, and I've been around stories before. And th- that one felt like a coronation. That one felt like Chris Paul is finally going to get his due. And nothing has been the same since that moment. Yeah. To the point where DeMarcus Cousins, of all people, DeMarcus Cousins, Came out and said Chris Paul's not a top five point guard of all time, and and you could you could you could have that argument if you want, but just don't be Demarcus Cousins making the argument. <laughs> this has also been kind of a, a Chris Paul road trip. You know, it's started in New Orleans where he played two games there, mm-hmm. and then he goes to Houston yeah. where he played, and now he's going to L.A. where he played. <laughs> Can we get right. this man a win on this right. road trip? Can we get him a win? Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. How about that? Oklahoma City. Not all about Chris Paul either. The point guard spot will be thinner tonight. No Cameron Payne. He mm-hmm. uh, hurt his foot in the game against Houston the other night. He's out for this evening. That's a bad thing. Um, Cameron Payne has been very good this year. I think exceeded expectations to this point this year. 
But when he's not there, either as your starter or as your, as your backup, they don't have another true point guard on the roster. The other night we saw Landry Shamit trying to do it. You don't have Devin Booker in that role. Maybe he'll be back and handle yeah. that tonight. Josh okogie has been kind of called upon to do something that he's not familiar with and in initiating offense. That's one of those things, too, to keep an eye on as this season rolls on is you know, the, the calls for James Jones to add another primary ball handler have been loud. They've been unanswered to this point. I still think that's something that needs to be addressed. And here's the thing about the patience and the big picture. The West is so bunched up right now. Mm-hmm. You can't wait too long for things. You do not want to fall down to like six, seven, eight playing game. Like you don't, you don't want this season to get away from you. No, because you're too patient. No, no. I listen. I think there's. I think that's very valid. Uh, and I don't think the Suns expected to have twelve losses at this point. But I don't think they expected to be, you know, a three, four loss team right now. I think. I think some of this was being budgeted in, and, and I think a, a, a healthy sizzling, in-rhythm Devin Booker changes the way we look at this team dramatically because we've seen that. And now that now that he hasn't been around, this team's looked awfully feeble. I went back. I didn't go back. It was right in front of me yesterday. Uh, the replay of the Houston Rockets game was on. And as I watched some of that, I couldn't stop thinking about what you said, Vinny, about the lack of athleticism. It really showed in a second viewing of that game. Especially when you're playing a team like Houston. Yeah, and and the, so the lack, and that lack of athleticism is what's leading this team to look soft, to look vulnerable, because they don't attack and hound and harass and, and get to the rim and, and play with all that twitch. And as a result, they kind of look like a soft basketball team, and they have been pushed around. That's what's got to stop. So is, by hook or proverbial crook, that has got to stop. Yeah, uh, tonight, 8.30 tip from L.A., 8 o'clock pregame. You can uh, hear it here on 98.7 and the Arizona Sports app, beginning with that pregame coverage at 8 o'clock. Coming up next, Sarah's going to help us get caught up on the big stories of the day with the Rush Hour reboot. That is straight ahead here on Bickley Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Setting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Good morning, everyone. Welcome into the Rush Hour Reboot here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. There are a lot of top stories to get to right now in Arizona Sports. As Dan Bickley pointed out earlier in the show, we are so far removed from Lit City. Yeah. It's blank city right now. <laughs> That's uh, so true. We'll take you through it, though. That's I'm Sarah Gazelle with Dan Bickley. Hey. Oh, hey. With Fitz Murata. Wow. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Was that his dragon flying around town? <laughs> Maybe. Describing that. I don't, know. Any con- I don't have any context. Yeah. Well, who needs it? And Jarrett Carlin. That's Jarrett Carlin, who rarely knows what he is doing. I'll say it again. That was a great Sarah Cazell impression. (laughs) Thank you. That was really amazing. A little shout out to Gambo's acting in the latest This Is Arizona Sports video. You guys have seen I watched it last night. Pretty, uh, too bad. Yeah? 
Okay. He's, he's playing will, himself. Will he get a Webby? Oh, so it's not too much of a stretch playing John Gambadoro. All right. Let's start with the Arizona Cardinals. We heard from Colt McCoy yesterday. Uh, of course, the new starting quarterback for the Cardinals as they prepare to play for uh, play the Broncos, I should say, on Sunday. McCoy said it is now his job to get the team in the right mindset for the last month of the season. A tall task. Yeah, we're not in the situation that we want to be in, right? But there's some high character guys in there, and you know, I think it's my job and and a lot of the leaders on this team's job to you know get us all in the right mind and the right just ready to go play this game and play out the rest of the season and treat it like professionals and understand that the ball hasn't bounced our way this year but when we do things right we, we're disciplined and we're, you know we don't shoot ourselves in the foot like we're a good football team let's go do that and you know I think that for me that's the focus all right before Kyler Murray got injured and his season ended we had all said on this show that okay playoffs are out of the picture but we want the final stretch of the season to be all about Kyler Murray thriving, improving, getting back to you know one of those top flight quarterbacks that, that we expect out of him. Now that that's no longer on the table, guys, what are your hopes? What are your expectations for the final four games? I don't have any expectations in terms of success. Um, I hope nobody else gets hurt, first and foremost. That would just be cruel at this point. Mm -hmm. Because they do have to put guys out on the field to play these games. We're seeing Dan Bickley's definition of zombie football for the last month of the season, which is unfortunate. Um, Yeah, that... that, that, it's a very low bar. Don't get hurt. Yeah, I, I think I would like them to uh, to beat the Broncos because I think that that's a game you should and could win. And then beat Tom Brady for me on Christmas Eve. That's really all. <laughs> Christmas I mean, Day, I, right? Yeah, Christmas yeah, yeah. Day. I'm sorry. Christmas Day night. That's what I meant to but say. But even going into this week, don't you get the feel like that would be the latest? We talked already this morning on two different occasions about what else can go wrong. Losing to the Denver Broncos is another thing that... That could go wrong. It could. They've been about as big a dumpster fire as the yes. Cardinals have been. And yes. I just think from a competitive standpoint, I don't think they faced anywhere near the adversity in other areas that the Cardinals have. Right. And if Russell Wilson doesn't play for the Broncos, I think this might be one of those football games that you watch out of duty rather than out of entertainment and joy. Oh, there's going to be duty, duty involved. Duty. Lots of duty. Right. Of Troy du- Rank from Denver yesterday uh, says uh, Russell Wilson aims to play Sunday and is working his way through. Through the concussion protocol, he is likely to start. Broncos country, wow. let's ride. Yeah, no. Broncos I, country, let's duty. <laughs> yeah, so I, I really, like Vinny said, the I, the Kyler Murray element was the thing that I really had me compelled to the last four or five yeah. weeks of the season. Yeah. And now without that, it's, it's there's just, yeah, zombie football. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, the team, uh, the Cardinals, I should say, announced yesterday that Steve Keim is taking an indefinite leave of absence from the team. The statement from the Cardinals cites health reasons and specifically included, quote, out of respect for privacy, which is required by law. The team will refrain from commenting further. There have been just so many crazy off-the-field stories involving this team, dating back to Super Bowl uh, Sunday when Chris Mortensen had that report about the odd vibe between the team and Kyler Murray. We then got that, you know, 100-page, eight-point font. Uh, <laughs> Manifesto his, from Eric yes, Burkhart. From yep. his agent, uh-huh. um, DeAndre Hopkins' PED suspension, the tragic death of Jeff Gladney. 
Kyler's homework clause fiasco. Uh, two assistant coaches having to leave the team with legal troubles. Kyler Murray tears his ACL, and now we have Steve Keim away for we don't know how long with health issues. To you guys, what has been the single biggest off-field story for the Cardinals this year? The homework addendum. The contract for Kyler Murray. And how even though it's been resolved and signed and he's earned his money moving forward, I said it at the time, the day we had the discussion about the addition of that homework clause being added, I didn't understand why it was added. I didn't understand why Kyler Murray's camp agreed to it. Then we learned about it. Then it got removed. And what did I tell you, Vic? This is going to follow Kyler Murray for the rest of his career until he makes it go away. Yeah. And he didn't make it go away this and, year. And, and no, you're right. And even, even now... Up until the injury, people were, oh, Kyler Murray, winless since Call of Duty, issue, exploit. Yeah, yeah. That's so uncool. I agree. I agree. I think there's there's any number of examples to pull from. I think the D hops, uh, the the suspension was fairly significant. Yes. Um, I think that uh, the Sean Coogler story was very significant. But I, I think Vinny's right. I think in terms of shelf life and legs, that story right there, the uh, it just yeah, because it's just gonna it's gonna be attached to this quarterback forever. Yeah, yeah. and look three years into the future. Who else can you guarantee is going to be here in three years other than Kyler Murray? Nobody. No. Nobody. Oh, boy. Dark times. Let's get to the Phoenix Suns. Let's Turn lighten it up a little yeah, let's right now, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh-huh. Uh, Suns GM and president of basketball operations, James Jones, went on Burns and Gambo yesterday, as he does every Wednesday on this here station. And after five consecutive losses for the Suns, which were uh, mostly not just losses, but uncompetitive losses, the question was for James Jones, hi, when do we start panicking? No, nah, you can't panic. Um, you know, We've had our chances in some of them, and some games we haven't had a chance. Um, you know, you can't get down to, to good teams early and consistently. Um, but, you know, it's been a struggle for us. And, you know, we don't make any excuses. You know, we know that, you know, where we are, we're fortunate to have, have started well. And uh, we're still in a good position. But you know, there are a lot of areas where we can improve and we need to improve. And, you know, that'll happen. But for right now, we just have to focus on being able to start games strong, you know, get Chris off to a good start and give ourselves a chance on the road. All right. He also said Devin Booker could be back tonight. I mean, we're hopeful Devin can go tomorrow. Uh, we'll, we'll see with him. And as far as DeAndre and, and Cam, who, you know, banged up last night, they're still going They're un, going under evaluation. So uh, hopefully we get a little more clarity with, with them in the next couple of hours. Okay. So he says maybe Devin Booker, he's listed as questionable this morning. He's not so sure about DeAndre Ayton, who's also listed as questionable. And then campaign has been ruled out. Who needs to be on the court for the Suns tonight? for them to have a chance against the Clippers? Um, If Devin Booker's good to go, um, I'm not saying he guarantees a victory, but I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, no, I do. Um, Yeah, Yeah, that's the guy. I'd love... I've been concerned about DeAndre Ayton. When he turns an ankle, he usually misses time. I would expect that again. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's had a lot of those ankle-related injuries that keep him out for a handful of games. But I'd love to see him bounce back from that last night. And I don't know how much caution. There's always an amount of caution when you pull a player from a game. But uh, to answer the question, uh, Devin Booker. Yeah, that's that's the answer. I, I too, 
would like to see uh, DeAndre Ayton toughen up and, and well, that's wrong for, wrong of me to say. I'd like to see him play tonight uh, just to show that he's tough enough to do so because Vinny's right. These things with him can linger a little bit and as from Al McCoy all the way down, this team needs to be a little more intense, a little more aggressive, a little more ferocious in everything they do. Well, yeah. and he, if he comes back, he's going up against a physical center in Evita Zubat. So, um, yeah, be an, if he plays, that'll be an interesting yeah. matchup to watch. Mm-hmm. That gets going at 8.30, by the way, on this station uh, and on the Arizona Sports app, 8.30 in Los Angeles. Thanks, guys. Thank you. We're all rebooted. Sarah Cazell taking us through the Rush Hour reboot on this Thursday morning. Coming up, the tires are bald, the windshield's cracked, the transmission is iffy, and the tags are expired. Oh, no. Colt McCoy, here's the keys to the car. <laughs> I'll tell you what the uh, new quarterback wow. for the Cardinals had to say next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. I want to be uh, a great teammate. Like I want to want to be consistent. Um, I want the guys to know what they're going to get every day when I walk through the door. And I think that's not something that just happens overnight. I think that's established over time. And um, you know, I'm I'm one of the oldest guys in there, right? And been through a lot. Been through seasons like this before. And I just think it's I think it's really important to um, carry your head high and. Um, work hard and set an example and be a leader um, and I just I try to do that to the best of my ability each day. It's Colt McCoy of the Arizona Cardinals starting quarterback for the uh, next four games hopefully uh, all four games will be started by Colt McCoy talking about wanting to be a great mm-hmm. teammate and one thing I think is n- not debatable in this in this season Bick is that Colt McCoy is a, a great teammate uh, he wants to be one I think he's carved that role out he's, he's done that to, during his time here in Arizona and other stops mm-hmm. uh, but now the role changes um, you know he, he's the starting quarterback moving forward. Um, I know we're talking about, hey, the, the bar is low. The goal is don't get anybody hurt. The guys that suit up and wear those uniforms on Sunday against Denver and then Christmas Day against Tampa Bay and the other two games they got in Atlanta and, and San Francisco, they're going to try to win football games. Yeah. And Colt McCoy is at the forefront of that. Yeah, and Colt McCoy is one of the guys that I, we all kind of predicted what Cardinal players are going to look good on hard knocks. I don't think any of us predicted Colt McCoy. But he's one of the guys that definitely has. And when they show meeting room in Interactions, the way he is just so on top of everything, the way he sees the the big picture and not just the quarterback room. Yes. Uh, all of that is very interesting to me. The fact that stories are growing now that he might run for governor of Texas. It, it, it's you might laugh at it. You might say, "Oh, well, maybe that would actually be successful, given you know his status in Texas." The bigger point is that that shows the kind of charisma he has, and the kind of people skills, and relational skills, and speaking skills that he has. And, and that's something that I think Kyler Murray is going to have to he's going to have to get better at the the communic the communicative and the skills related to that are something he's going to have to hopefully learn more from when it comes to Colt McCoy. Yeah. You know what I mean? The ability to kind of say what you need to say in a very clear way. You mentioned it, though, something that has stood out to me in watching the first five episodes of Hard Knocks is, again, we are um, we're at the mercy of what HBO cameras and what NFL Films wants to show us, what they've captured. But when they do show the footage from that fixed camera in the quarterback's room, 
It's Colt McCoy is usually the one holding court there. Yeah. And yes, a lot of that coincided yes. with him making those two starts in Week 10 and 11. But he seems to be the leader of that room right yes. now, from and, what we've seen. And, and again, you you hate to put too much into images, but there have been a couple of times when Kyler's been sitting there with a notebook and a pen in his hands, and it looks like he's the kid in school trying to look like he's paying attention. Uh-huh. And, and you're right, and it's just naturally flowing from Colt. That's the difference in experience. Yeah. I don't know. And, I just had the Ron Burgundy uh, moment. Ron, are you paying attention? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, but it's it's like you you know you've seen that look. He was looking right. down at his notebook. Yeah. yeah. I found it weird that every time they do cut to the quarterback's room, mm-hmm. and if it's not Cam Turner speaking, it's always Colt McCoy. I mean, we're Why? seeing. Well, first of all, we're seeing what they're showing us. We're seeing what's edited. They would show us we just made that clear, Ferret. Kyler because of the trajectory of this season and the episodes they've shown, Kyler has been injured for a lot of this show. Yeah, he's so, not he's not been featured hardly at all. That's the one bad thing that he's probably won't be featured hardly at all the rest of the the season. I don't think it would be abnormal for a starting quarterback to still be vocal during those meetings if they were not playing at another team. On another team, yeah, yeah. I don't think that would be weird. Okay, so uh, in the in the here and now, though, um, Colt McCoy's got an opportunity here to show over the next four games that yes, I can run this team in twenty twenty three. Yeah, that's what's on the line for Colt McCoy, and and so that to me is is a storyline that is that has some heft that's going to matter coming out of these next four games. Yes. Do do we have enough backup quarterback to be a starting quarterback? Without it, without a you know for x amount of period of time, because they have to have a contingency, a contingency in place if Kyler Murray can't go early on, and experience matters. Experience in the system doesn't matter as much if there's a coaching change. These are all things that are being weighed right now. But you're thinking along the lines I am too, because one of the things we saw from Colt McCoy in an earlier episode of Hard Knocks was he admitted he thought about retiring before he came to Arizona. He was asked about that yesterday. That whole retirement thing was basically because of my health, right? Just had battled injuries and basically missed a whole season with my leg and um you know once i felt like i had overcome that and you know i still my mind still wanted to to play football and i'm thankful that i'm here and and to be honest i I mean i'm grateful for this opportunity i'm saddened for kyler and he was also asked about hey how long do you want to keep doing this he's 36 years old i just i i count my blessings to be honest guys i I love to play football and i have the opportunity to do that and if i didn't think i could still play i I wouldn't be here so um i'm just gonna go out there and put a smile on my face have some fun and lead these men and and try to win these last four games you are exactly right. This is, um, I don't think anybody expected it to be this at this point in the season. Mm-hmm. This is in some ways an audition for Colt McCoy to maybe be the day one starter yeah. for, for 2023. And, and not only that, because I think I think the Cardinals would like that to be the case because of all he brings. He can show it to the fan base so the fan base can accept that as a, as a viable contingency plan. The Cardinals would like it just because then that means they don't have to go out and find somebody. Well, they did go out and sign somebody. And another HBO star, Vinny, David Blau. What like cow? Refresh my memory. Blau is in cow. Was he on the Detroit? He was on the. He was on the Detroit. He was trying to make the team as Jared Goff's backup, I believe. This past, or was it the Colts one? 
I know that David Blau, I know oh. David Blau was an HBO Hard Knocks, one of those guys. It was on the Lions. It was okay. on the Lions. It was on the Lions. Going, going into this season, it, yeah. It that's was, right. It was, Following those cameras, right. David Blau. That's, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah. I'm over here. It's like one of those real world MTV people that shows up oh. on all the other reality oh, shows. Oh, gosh, I hate that so much. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so painful. Wow. Get a job. So this is uh, this is because the other the other option is if if you've got a contingency plan for half of a season without Tyler Murray, worst case scenario, maybe not seeing him to twenty twenty four, then then you, this is a this is a serious decision. This isn't just oh yeah we think we can do this. You have really got to you've really got to weigh whether or not you want to allocate more resources on a team that has holes all over the roster yes. on a short term stopgap quarterback. And here's the thing. Almost certainly, if you're basing it on his entire career, these four games are not going to make it easy on the Cardinals. He's probably going to play one really good game. He's probably going to play one good game. And he's probably going to play two mediocre to bad games. Yeah, probably going to struggle against that Tampa defense, going to struggle against the 49ers. 49ers yeah, yeah, and they're going right. to they're gonna have to say, like, well, he looked good here. He didn't let me... Yeah, it's tough. The the best play is, like I said, I, I don't know if if what is going to shake loose with some of these other quarterbacks out of there, but getting a guy who needs a second chance, whoever that might be, might be the best way to combat this because you certainly can't allocate your, as we talked about, your draft capital to a quarterback. As tempting as that might be, you've got too many holes to fill otherwise, and and secondarily, I mean, the, this football team is so so void of draft picks, you might have to trade that number five draft pick and just get a bunch of stuff. It's, Ooh, I don't I'm, know if I would I'm, advocate Vinny, that. I know, I'm like saying. Uh, you're, what you're saying is everything's on the table right now. It and is. And that is true. Because we're looking at the very real possibility of a massive teardown rebuild yep. with this football team. Absolutely. Uh, Colt McCoy, not the only one under pressure these last four weeks. So is the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. I have a feeling he might show up in today's Bickley Blast, Bear. which is next here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.